Hi everyone and welcome back to the Paperless Movement Podcast. I'm your host Tom Solid and I help you to level up your digital life. How? Well, we look at your productivity system and make it a well-oiled machine, increasing efficiency, implementing workflow automations and really make it the best thing that you can have. It's all about connecting the dots. If you have aisles of different tools, it's not gonna get you anywhere. Today I will talk to Thomas Shaheen, He's an awesome guy. He's the CEO of CEO Entrepreneur and how he runs his well-oiled machine. We will find out now. Let's roll it. Tama, awesome to have you on the show. Thank you very much for joining. Um, I'm really excited to introduce you to my community Maybe not many know you uh, in my community, but surely they will after this interview because you have a lot to share when it comes to productivity for entrepreneurs, as I am. Please introduce yourself and your company and what's all about and what you try to achieve there. Um, I think you can explain it much better than I could. Let's do it. Thank you, Tom. I, it's really nice to be here and I'm very, very happy and appreciative that you've given me this time. So I think... There are two things that I want to say here. First of all, let me talk about my company now, CEO Entrepreneur and what it does. But also, I think what the history behind why I started this and why I'm here is actually a little bit more fascinating. So CEO Entrepreneur is all about helping small business owners really grow and take their business to the next level without the growing pains. You and I know as much as anyone else, we as entrepreneurs work hours and we get completely overwhelmed because we are trying to do probably more than one person's role in our businesses. So the importance of productivity and the importance of having a real sort of framework to work towards as you're growing your business is really, really important. Now, the reason why I started CEO Entrepreneur was literally I couldn't find anyone that would help me as I was growing my businesses in the past in the way that I really wanted. There were a lot of coaches out there but most coaches had really never started or run their own businesses before. Um, and I was one of those people that tried. I hired a lot of coaches. They would sit there and try and sort of say to me, what do you think? And I'd say, I don't know. Tell me. And they would be like, what do you think? I'd be like, I don't know what to do next. Tell me. So, yeah. So when I went through a couple of things. I grew just as a sort of a little bit of a background story. I grew several multi-million dollar businesses. One of them actually scaled to a hundred million dollars. Um, and we were one of a, we were pretty much a global influencer in the field um, of digital health. I ended up writing in Forbes, giving a TEDx talk. However, in the same way that it was incredibly successful, I had a huge catastrophic failure. I mean, really catastrophic failure. Um, I ended up having to bail my business partner out of prison. I had ended up having to fire everyone. I think it was over 40 employees uh, within the space. I think it was 30 days. We were having investment into the business at $100 million, and we delivered an eight-figure project to a really powerful client, um, and they ended up, after we delivered it to them successfully, they turned around and they said, our administration has changed and we are no longer honoring any past contracts. And we were absolutely devastated. I ended up being $2.5 million personally in debt um, and having to bail my business partner out of prison in Dubai. Because in Dubai, when you write a check there, 
as a limited liability company, the person who signs the check is still personally liable for that. So I've seen a lot of things and I had started up and I had proposed to the UAE government um, a national improvement uh, productivity program. And that was to improve productivity on the country on a national scale. Uh, and we were working with companies of all shapes and sizes, small, medium and large. So I got to see what productivity things worked and what didn't. Um, and we were really trying to improve workflows and automation and streamline the entire processes in organizations. And I got to see best practices and actually worst practices as well. And that was when I was actually advising um, the ministers over there in, 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 in the UAE. It was a $2 billion national productivity program that I ran. So that kind of brings me up to here today. And I think that I just thought that it would be good to sort of have that kind of perspective to see why I started CEO Entrepreneur, because mm -hmm. when I failed and I failed and I tried to pick myself up, which I did, thankfully, um, I decided that I didn't want other people and other entrepreneurs to fall through the same gaps again. Um, and here we are. That's thank you very much. Uh, it's an incredible story. Um, I mean, that you build up from scratch again just shows that your systems work, isn't it? And that's really a proof of concept then <laughs> in real life. I, I think so. And I think that this is one of the things that I learned over the years. Um, and one of the things that we really teach a lot at CEO Entrepreneur is making sure that you have the right CEO mindset um, as an entrepreneur. And that includes having the right systems and processes and workflows in place. Um, without those, nothing really can work. You can hire as many people as you want and try and let them guess what you want them to do and it's never going to work. So having those right systems and processes in place not only improves productivity, but also really helps you catapult that business and allows everyone else in the business to scale in the way that you want it to be consistent and measurable every single time. That's really, really important. You've hit the nail right on the head, right from the get go. Yeah. So uh, there the first question arises, have you had these systems in place in the past already and or was it actually the the rebuilding everything that made you realize that you should do it differently i think it is not you know that's not the reason why it failed isn't it it was another reason behind that it wasn't productivity yes and no so here's a really interesting thing and i'm going to say something that maybe is against what most people inside the inner circle um actually think that sometimes you you're overproductive if you don't have the right safety nets in place. So in the business that really failed, we had actually scaled that business. I, I, I was an investor in other businesses and I left my, my government job when I was running the productivity program to join this really small business that I had started. And we grew that within 18 months from literally two people to a hundred million dollar business. The problem was, was we grew too fast. Mm. We did not have the right systems in place to manage risk. So yes, it wasn't our fault. We got duped by a powerful client that we could not take to court and it ended up completely paralyzing us and actually destroying us. However, sometimes you can grow too fast. So, so making sure that you're growing at the same rate as what your business can actually have from a resources and a capacity level is actually just as important because if you end up growing way too fast and you're being overproductive, 
then and you you don't have the right team and you don't have the right people and you don't have the right sort of safety nets you're also again going to fall flat pretty soon so understanding that you have to sort of manage both the systems and processes and your productivity levels so that they can keep growing in tandem with each other is really really important so yes productivity is important we had the wrong systems in place i i would say to answer your question mm. we had systems um but we had systems for a 10 million dollar company not a 100 million dollar company so and um, and those systems were they recommended by somebody or was it just uh you know salesperson giving you the systems um or was it so it was a mix i had already run my own sort of seven figure businesses before i'd failed some before i'd succeeded in, in a lot and i'd also like i said seen other businesses in terms of when we were trying to improve productivity with this one in particular it was a mix of my own experiences but it was also a mix of me trying to get the right coaches and the right mentors in place to help me and as we were scaling very fast our systems were being I didn't have the capacity or the understanding to have the systems and the processes for a hundred million dollar business mm. um, at the time. So I was trying to find the right mentors and the right coaches and they weren't simply there. And I think that that was one of the reasons why we we fell and collapsed so fast. As fast as we grew, we, 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 we sort of collapsed even faster. So it, having the right advice from people in terms of the right ways that you put your right processes for productivity and workflow is really important and you know as much as other people with your sort of expertise and productivity you will know that when you go into a, a business and you're saying to them this is how your workflow goes it's actually matching where they are in their business stage mm -hmm. isn't that right yeah yeah it's always a challenge and um but but what would you, what have you done different than on the when you restarted your business when you started from scratch anything so yeah you had a big learning question. out of this isn't it so what did you yeah. do differently then yeah and that, that's a really really great question so when i came back to the uk from dubai after that business has failed had failed i ended up starting another tech company straight away which is one that i we ended up getting funding and an innovation award in in, in mental health for 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 sort of as a, a tech company um, and we ended up putting in slightly different systems and processes in place but i was just completely miserable and i ended up leaving that business because i had not learned from what had happened i had still not sort of completely fully recovered from failure and from that whole entire experience and when i started ceo entrepreneur i took a step back and i actually went back and pretty much rewrote that whole narrative and now i understand that failure is a part of growing and learning it's it's an integral part and we need to embrace it as part of our entire workflow yeah. um, and a lot of time we sit there trying to avoid it as much as possible and we don't when i went back and sort of rewrote that narrative of what had actually happened a lot of learning things had happened at the time at that time i wouldn't have told you that we'd grown too fast i wouldn't have told you that we we had different systems in place for the for the size of the company we'd grown And then I sat down and I said, right, these are the frameworks that you would need to have as a startup company. And then when you when you grow up to a certain size, this is what you need to have. This is the mindset. These are the systems. These are the processes. And as you scale all the way up to a from a from a zero to a six to a seven to an eight figure business, 
there are particular frameworks that you will have to have in place. And this is what we did at CEO Entrepreneur, where we started saying, right, these are the frameworks that you need to have. These are the technologies that you, you should have. But also, these are the particular skill sets and departments and functions that need to run in a business so that you can actually take it from one step to the next step to the next step. Well, that's a re that's really interesting um, because if if you're one of my inner circle members out there watching or, or listening to this, then you know that I'm talking about the iCore framework and there's the refine part in there. And it's really this what you just said also applies to so many other things. You have to make um, uh, mistakes to actually learn from this. And those are the that's really a crucial situation then that you then go back and think what went wrong, what can I do better? And even if it went, went okay or even good, still um, think about it, what could be improved. So that's actually the refined part. And um, that's what you do did there as well. And it's really nice that not only you made the lessons learned there, but now you build the framework for other entrepreneurs to make, and you set a very important step there to have solutions for different um, sizes of the company and different situations in time of the CEO he is in and so on. I think that's really important because there's so many advice out there. And also, you know, let's say a YouTuber, how to get uh, successful on YouTube, things like that, or what equipment you should buy and so on. Usually you get advice, um, you know, from how, how to make the awesome YouTube videos with very expensive equipment on one hand. And on the other hand, they say you can use your iPhone for that. But re re somebody you re um, who really takes you on the hand and, you know, gives step by step, you can start with the iPhone. Let's see how it runs. Let's do the next step and make maybe now it's worth buying a camera. Don't buy it just, just straight away. Don't invest into the right. That's exactly the same relation. I really love this. Thank you for sharing this, Tama. Um, but When we talk about systems, what what systems do we talk about when we talk about productivity? Do you talk about software solutions, hardware solutions, uh, concepts, and things like that, or how do you define this? So, so that's a really good question, and I'm actually quite fascinated by your iCore framework, and I'm really looking forward to your masterclass on that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 one of those things where I think things can be bolted in. What I want to do is I want to have a solution neutral framework so that a business owner can understand these are the systems and the processes and the workflows that we need to implement within our businesses. Now, depending on what type of business it is, it's going to be different again. So, so if you're a product-based business or a service-based business, or even someone who's starting YouTube, it's going to be completely different. And, and where I think your iCore framework then comes in is then it bolts onto this particular framework of understanding how to run and grow a business mm -hmm. in tandem with, with, with those two. And I think that that's where I focus on and that's where you focus on. Yes, we can advise people on what softwares and technologies to use because of my own experiences, but that's not an integral part of what, what we do. But do we have our own technologies and, and selections of tools? Yes, we do. Even just recently, you know, I've, I've started up a, a new YouTube channel yeah. and I've got my own workflow 
which is awesome, well. by the way. You have to check this out if you want to learn more about uh, becoming a CEO and uh, really the CEO of your own business and work on your business not, and not in your business. This yeah. is a really fun YouTube channel to watch and it's really inspiring to watch. I really recommend it to anyone. Of course, this Thank will you. be in the description below. So, um, yeah, sorry, I interrupted you. That's no, 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 no. It's good. It's good. Yes, please watch my YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that was a good interruption. That's all I there. came here for. Now I can go. Yeah, but so. <laughs> to, to get back to the point, because you, you again, you said something that that I get every day. You know, people reaching out to me, Tom, I start studying. What iPad should I buy? Mm. And there are so many mistakes in this one sentence. Uh, why I or so many things? Why I can't answer this? Uh, question you know what do you study yes. what 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 is what do you need to do with this ipad um what is your budget what is there are so many questions so if i start uh, asking these questions i would just get too much involved in uh time time wise involved um getting back and forth and of course that's what the inner circle is for if you want to have support you come there and i i coach you and this is the reason why i started in a circle so i can focus on some people um instead of you know not delivering on everybody the same thing so that's why i have the youtube channel to make the general things like comparison videos about ipads and so on but really this you pointed this out This is exactly the thing. And for the iCore framework and the, the framework you were talking about, that's really great to, to hear this because I think first we have to understand what is the desire, what needs to be the outcome. So many times in, in my case, people ask, um, yeah, I want to do digital note-taking. And then I ask, and what do you do with your notes once they're in there? And then silence because too less people realize note-taking is not being productive. It's just collecting information at some point and place and time, but you can't leverage on this. And I can't, on the other hand, deliver a complete system. I can show you my system. You can show you your system, but mm -hmm. we always end up that um, it is not fitting everybody. And, and what people can do, they can watch on these systems what people use, that's what I did, and mm. uh, leverage from this and say, okay, this piece of this system fits into my system, I, you know, and make up your own collection. And this is what it's all about, giving you the tools to understand building your productivity system and you give the tools to the CEOs or the entrepreneurs to build up their own productivity system and to be successful in their business. So I Absolutely. love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I completely concur and, and agree with what you're saying. And I think that this is one of the things that I'm just going to reiterate what you said. It's one of the things that people always, I have found to be quite sort of like, it just surprises me every time when someone comes and says like, here is a course, for example, for running your business. And the course is completely generic. It completely doesn't apply to whatever type of business you're in or even the personality you are, or even there are so many different variables. And the whole sort of sort of that phrase where people say, teach someone to fish, not give them a fish. I mean, there's a, it's, it's you know, pronounced in a better way, but you understand that. It's, and I think that that's what you and I really stand for is giving them the tool sets and giving them the understanding of how things work and making it as relevant as possible to where they are. Mm. 
one of the things that we're doing at CEO Entrepreneur is actually really interesting. And it's something that's probably going to be coming um, out next year. And that's trying to really customize the experience for people as they are taking group programs and group courses um, so that we can make CEO Entrepreneur scalable. Obviously, we cannot always do one-to-one. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to say, right, how can this education or learning or training model work if we're bringing in a group of people and a group of companies to try and help grow their own businesses? Up until now, you've seen courses that are very, very generic. They don't apply to you. But what we're doing is we're doing different versions of the same modules, depending on whether or not you have a service business or you have a, a, a an online business or you're starting a YouTube channel and what kind of personality you are, so on and so forth. But even then, even then, we still cannot completely go and say, this is how you're going to improve your business, yeah. or this is how you're going to make your, 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 your business more productive. It's impossible because everyone has their own different way of approaching something. And what works for you doesn't necessarily work for me. And teaching them this framework that underlies everything and that understanding really makes them make the decision for what's best for them. And I completely agree with what you said right there. Yeah. So we are really on the same wavelength here in, in two different businesses, isn't it? It's in different, two different niches um, as well. Some people join my inner circle and then maybe they are disappointed that they don't find the right template or course they were looking for and they don't realize. And that's then on me to point this more out clearly. That's why I'm saying it here now as well. <laughs> it's all about the personal contact to me as your coach, actually. Um, you join the inner circle and you pay for getting direct contact to me. So we will have the chance to discuss the situation of your productivity system, what is missing, what could be improved, things like this and help you to discover it on your own, actually. You know, it's just a, a guidance I'm giving. I'm not saying you should do this this way and it only works this way. I always happy when people realize on their own, oh, uh, this could be the way and this is and all I give is um, solutions to the bottlenecks they have or maybe connections between you know, missing pieces and so on. Obviously also advice on software and, and hardware solutions, but you also give direct coaching uh, for this very reason, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And and when we're getting to people that are really able to scale their businesses and I can see the potential of them being able to take their business to that next level, then yes, we are in the process of, of directly coaching Coaching is a word, yeah. and, and I and yeah. I think that I think I, I tend to think it's of a blend, and I think you do the same thing, where it's a mix of coaching and mentorship mm. and giving in your own expertise. Because there's no point going to somebody for advice. You're not going to go to somebody who, who who's a football coach who's not going to be able to understand how to play yeah. football um, or have or has at least done it in the past. And I think having that expertise and experience is really important. Um, and and when they get that experience as well, it saves them potentially years and years of hardship. But even so, even us as a business, we will switch from technology to technology as time moves on. So there isn't one single thing that is fixed, even for that same person. Just, 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 I mean, previously, and I know, I think you've done something similar. You've moved from Asana to ClickUp. We've moved yeah from monday.com to click up as well there we go completely independently by the way may i add but <laughs> yeah. it's one of those things where 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 we decided actually it was time to change the way that we did certain things and this particular software tool worked better for us 
based on what we want to do right now. And it, again, it might change again in the future. So that was a really nice insight into the, yeah, the general way. And, and it's good that you pointed out the, the difference between coaching and mentorship and so on. I, I absolutely agree with this. Um, but now you mentioned ClickUp. And I was just going about to this area as well. Oh what, no! Oh yeah, no! Yeah. Well, what? Well, <laughs> <laughs> we just we just had the CEO from ClickUp here in the interview, so we have to talk about ClickUp. Ah. Um, so, um, yeah, we surely have maybe different reasons why we switched to ClickUp, and I'm not sure if I stay with ClickUp. And it's you know I'm still on a discover phase there. And you mentioned this in the very beginning already. I'm not sure if the size of my team is the right size to use ClickUp. For example, I was talking to um, the CEO of Raven and he they actually use in their very successful and productive company Todoist to manage all mm. of it. I was, was very surprised to, do, uh, that, that, to learn this, but he's much more efficient doing this, um, you know, by just, well, the way he does it. If you want to check this out, this interview will come just after our interview. So the next episode, um, but for my, I, I tell you what, why I switched to ClickUp and why it made click yeah. then, and <laughs> you tell us then. Yeah, why, why did you go to, to ClickUp? Because you you are an, a, also, I think, an Asana. Yeah, exactly. Like and expert, I implemented yeah. Asana in many different teams. And Asana yeah. is really a very, and that's, is it, it is still, it's a very reliable tool and very stable. So you never have the feeling that you will miss data or anything. And the reason is very simple. It is very limited when it comes to automation. And if anyone follows me, you know, I try to automate everything. And there's a simple thing that I think master my, um, master task was the first mm -hmm. tool who uh, had this, which was um, moving in a Kanban board one card to the next column and you can apply a different person automatically this way just by moving it forward in the Kanban board. And this is what Asana now added with their rules, but ClickUp is just, you know, they just implemented it, but they're already so far ahead with this that I really saw the potential there, you know, auto-applying templates, applying templates, and all of this is nice. And then the approach that they can do it all, I'm always skeptical uh, skeptical when it comes to this, um, especially with the docs and you can build up the wikis. I'm not very um, sure about the structure there and how easy it is to organize these things. So I still stay in Notion for now, but certainly I would love to have a single source of truth. And yeah, I, I just switched recently and I will check it out right now how it goes and then I see if I stay mm. or if I leave. Will he stay or will it's, he go? it's interesting. I'll tell you why 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 we switched. We so um we also were looking for something that had potential for the future. So when I when I when I start any company and when I grow any company, I put a strategy ahead for at least three years, if not five, and 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 I understand where the company if all goes well, goes down a certain path. And I didn't want to be in the process of consistently switching between tools mm. that we outgrew, depending on where the company was going. Um, and I thought that ClickUp was one of those tools that could actually work at this level of where the business is, but also something that could be could work a year and three and potentially five years down the line again, things change and, and that's not a fixed thing. Mm. 
I am a huge fan of automation and I'm a huge fan of making sure that things are consistent as part of like number one for productivity, but number two for repeatability. And I am a huge fan of making sure that things can be repeated consistently and measured and so that we can make sure that things are always there done the same way same um, quality. And, and click up. Yeah. And click up was one of those tools that I thought could actually do that for us. Um, we still use notion, but we're also considering moving over completely to notion mm. from that aspect. But so the main reason up. was, was the automation. Sorry to click up. You mean? Yes. Moving to over up. to click up. Yeah. You said we're, we're think, sorry. Yes. Not, not to notion. We're, 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 we're moving up. We're potentially moving over to click up. Yeah, okay. um, we can do a lot of things, but also it works very well for, for a lot of the way that we're working remotely. So we've got a lot of people that are working virtually and it's worked beautifully during, during the pandemic. Um, and there are a couple of other things that I really like about the way that it operates. Mm. Um, yeah. I'm not a big fan as well with um, it being used for absolutely everything we use other ways to have documents but the way it also used google team drives yeah um, it worked in a much better way than monday.com did for example which wasn't great with team drives Mm. yeah and notion is just i mean they bring up the api now let's see what what this will bring but i always believe then tools who have a really easy way to integrate with other tools they will always keep to have an advantage over others like evernote todoist click up now as well it's so easy mm. to integrate everything and synchronize everything that's really the future to build with different tools a single source of truth that yeah. that's really the ultimate goal and when i see notion and you have a calendar in there and you even have several calendars in there and you, you need to build ways to to have a master calendar, you collect all this. That's just, yeah, and it's not automated at all and things like that. Um, yeah, that's that's really the reason why I think Notion is not there for me as a proper project management tool or task manager or anything like that. That's the reason. No, why it doesn't work. Even yeah. even something as simple as like our YouTube workflow, for example. Yeah. I just sit in front of the camera, I record, and then that goes over to my editor who then gets notified on ClickUp. And there's a whole bunch of things that happen before that in terms of keyword research. That will then go over to the content repurposing team who will actually write a blog article about it. They will then push it back to the editor and say, these are the timestamps we need for the social media post. The social media manager gets... And it works beautifully in terms of getting a lot of people even remotely working on one single project. And literally now all I have to do is just record the video. Everything else gets done around me. Yeah, and um, I'm sure so I'm, you... I'm sure you will find a lot of people arguing now, yeah, you can do this all in Notion as well. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, yeah, how we you can do have it. an argument that's really about the that. Thing. But... How efficient, that, that's what I also point out. You yeah. can be productive one way or the other, but how efficient or the effectiveness behind this, this is a whole different story, I would say. And I think we agree both on this, that ClickUp yeah. really gives us the freedom and if you can it's to build that, that that's the thing there was a comparison um between evernote is for librarians uh Rome research is for gardens uh, gardeners and notion is for architects and i think clickup is also for architects you can build up your own system in yes in clickup the way you really want it and that's really nice and with all the new features like screen recording and everything in one place yeah, yeah. really looking forward to this 
Um, that's that's interesting. So anything um, when you we talked about um, recording interviews or not interviews? I mean coaching calls or mentor calls. Yes. Um, yes. How is your automation behind this? Just walk us through your workflow there. So that's interesting. So um, we're talking about the actual calls with clients, not the not the sort of the the, the funnel before that that comes. Before no, just that, the, right? the, the the call. Um, just the call yeah so yeah so so basically um at the moment um we're using um acuity as a scheduling tool um so clients will go and book their calls using the calendar system on acuity that then connects using uh, zapier or zapier depending on how who wants to pronounce it mm -hmm. um, that then connects through to active campaign um, and also through zoom where it will create a zoom link and um, calendar link on Google. Um, once we get the calls, the calls are done predominantly actually all on Zoom. So the link will come and pop up on Zoom. Uh, we have the Zoom call, which gets recorded. Um, and then that gets transcribed via otter.ai um, uh, uh, instantly. Uh, that will then go to uh, my um, executive assistant who then she will just review it and listen to actually the, the, the um, the recording and just make sure that there are no errors um, and then create a summary based around that, which then gets generated automatically into a PDF report that gets uploaded on um, team drives for the client. And, and then they can have access to that. Now that's now we're actually also moving a little bit further later on where we've got a, a sort of a, a, a website where people can then the clients can then actually enter their information put down where their goals are and their strategies moving forward and that gets updated as a dashboard for them but that's stuff that we're working on oh, behind the scenes that sounds the interesting yeah yeah that, that, that's i think that was really important that you just walked us through this uh, workflow there because I'm not sure if many people have you know know about the background how this works and it's actually actually the same for the interviews i have a um um, equal thing. I'm using Otter as well, so I get the blog post transcribed, and I have a um, VA um, proving the errors and so on, and then uploaded. And the video editor is getting everything more or less automated. I'm still uh, setting up and tweaking things, but yeah, pretty similar in this case as well. Um, yeah. What's really important, I think, is with this booking, um, also for my coaching calls and for these interviews is um, I'm using Calendly, Calendly. Yeah, I mm. think they pronounce it right, for this. And um, as soon as I have a meeting in this calendar, um, it blocks out the slots where they can book a coaching call or whatever. So when I have yeah. a family time or whatever and I just block this time, I don't have to go to manually to calendar and block these coaching. That's another thing where I say we need a single source of truth and everything. everything needs to be connected. Otherwise, yeah. you everything is messed up. So, yeah, it's really interesting you do that. I manage now. Now I've I've got an executive assistant, and typically a traditional role for an executive assistant is to manage your calendar. Mm -hmm. She doesn't do that. She doesn't touch my calendar. So my calendar is completely all managed on via Acuity. And anyone who wants to have a meeting with me, anyone who wants to have any kind of contact with me, they will go through, and I will send them a link on Acuity, or in your case, it will be Calendly. It's the same thing. Yeah. But here's the interesting thing as well is I actually have a couple of things. So I have different links based on whether they're client calls or whether they're strategy calls or whether they're just sort of like networking or marketing calls. 
um, or whether they're internal team calls that I have. And I have different times that I block out for my times. I say Tuesdays and Thursdays, for example, are for X. Wednesdays, I can do this and this. And when the person will go and look at the calendar, they will see only the times that are suitable to them because I've given them the right link. Yeah. In addition to that, I've got other calendars, which are personal calendars. Um, they will not be shown on my work calendar. However, Acuity will be able to see that mm -hmm. and actually not book during those times. Um, and then when I look at my calendar, I have a mix of all of the different calendars, whether it's my personal, whether it's my work, whether it's the, and, and I get to see everything, whereas other people get to see only certain parts of it. Yeah, that's, that's really awesome. So you, you really nailed, nailed it there. There's nothing <laughs> I can tell you about this, but I'm praying this so many times that we really have to keep in mind the task, um, task list is infinite and, uh, and a calendar is finite. And we have really have to match these things together. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I'm still worried. I, I, the thing that I still haven't quite figured out yet, and maybe you can have some input on this is the whole thing with notion and Miro. Cause I'm at the moment, I used to use notion a lot to do a lot of the research for my topics, mm. for example, like my videos on YouTube. Um, so I, I would have had like a tracker and, and, and I would have entered all of these and they're searchable, which is fantastic. But I'm finding Miro to be a lot more useful yeah. to do a lot of screen grabs, a lot of post-it notes, and just basically organize my, the way that I want that topic of the video that I want to do. Yeah. So how do I link the two together or, or do, do I not link the two together? Is one better than the other? That's and funny and that here I asked. am now asking you the question, which iPad should I use? <laughs> yeah, but you also, you know, you explained the problem there properly. So I can give yeah. you a proper answer. Uh, it's funny that you, that you asked this because I just launched a, um, how to, how to mind map like a pro in Miro online course for the inner circle members. And in there, there's actually a lesson where I show how I connect notion and Miro together and how I use oh, it together. Okay. Um, but quickly, uh, notion at least allows us to integrate Miro by embedding mind maps. So what I have is for example, one page in Miro for a video that I want to do or a video that I watched and or concept or anything and when i need to have this visualization and this creative research about this topic i will do this in miro and then embed this miro mind map into this page so whenever i open up this page i have direct access to this miro mind map even can edit it in there i don't have to leave notion for that and it's already connected in this place so even if you move the, the mind map later on of course if you delete it it's gone but uh, that's that's the way. I mean, I would love to have a better integration with these things, really. Um, I also mentioned this in the interview with Ian Small, with Ian Small from Evernote, the CEO, um, where I complained about there's still no opportunity to get mind maps of our out of our notes, and um, Rome Research and all all these things coming up now, they show the potential behind this why it's so important. And I would love to have Notion pages that I could put into my Miro and connect them there in some way or form, or mm. even better by tagging. And that's really the thing where I think API and uh, automations are much more important where you could build this on your own uh, using Zapier. Zapier whatever yeah I, and i i think that this is a really amazing opportunity that we're living in today because because back 
I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years before people to actually even start their own businesses and even dream of having some kind of automated workflow like this, you would need to have so many developers in-house and you would need to have so much infrastructure that you have to build from scratch. And the cost of doing business back then would have been a lot more than now. Whereas now you've got all of these platforms, all of these APIs, all of these potential ways of being able to link things and it's never been better for us to really be productive and actually really be able to grow our businesses i am it's just so exciting for me yeah that's that's the same for me you know i think we have here uh, rather the issue with the next shiny object uh, problem there that we want to you know we love new things um, no, I deny it. I deny everything. Yeah, come on. I don't believe you. <laughs> of course, of course. I am as guilty as everyone yeah, else. When yeah, any, yeah. any new piece of technology comes out, I am just as guilty. We all have this shiny object syndrome. Yeah, and it's exactly. just one of those things that you need so to that, sometimes say, that, okay, that's stop. really the, the other issue now. Now we have all the opportunities, but we get overwhelmed. And that's really, we don't get anything done because we are stuck in managing the tasks and all this. So it's really important to get started with something. And even if it yeah. is just note-taking, as I mentioned just early before, but then build up from there and see what's tiny part you could automate and all this don't do as i said with the with the youtube channel we talked about this as well you know don't buy the full set of best camera setups and lightnings just get started with something and then you will figure out if it works for you or if it doesn't and it's much easier for other people to give you advice than this way absolutely and i think that it's one of those things where we need to sometimes take a step back and understand what is it that we're trying to do and we need to know that these are tools that are there to help us achieve our goals, not the other way around. They are not in and of themselves, the things that we need to sit there and obsess over. Um, People like yourself who are the experts in this kind of field, you can obsess over them and find out what's the best and then tell people. But when you're trying to run your business um, and use these as tools for productivity, as your workflow, you need to understand here is my strategy. This is what I'm trying to do. And will this help me get one step closer to where I want to go or not? It's that whole phrase again, will it make the boat go faster, which I talked about in one of my videos about strategy. Will it make the boat go faster? Um, And and it was one of the um, athletes, sort of um, Ben Hunt Davis, who actually said it, who he basically said, anything that will make my boat go faster when he was trying to compete in the Olympics, I am going to do it anything that doesn't make the boat go faster, I am not going to do it. And I think that is such a great analogy that we always need to keep in-house. Is it going to make the boat go faster? Or in your case, is it going to make your business grow or be more productive or whatever goals you've set Mm -hmm. in mind? And I think that that's the question we always have to ask ourselves. If it does, great. If it doesn't, just leave it aside. It's a new shiny object. We can play with it in our spare time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's that, that was a really good, um, I would say, uh, that's a, that's a really good, well, Another topic that I think we should meet again in this in, in, a, in, in another interview, talking only about how to focus and all this, because it would just go too long now. But it's really important that you brought this up now to the end. Um, because you mentioned I'm allowed to do to test all these productivity because it's my job. Well, I really struggled in the beginning because I was just switching my whole systems 
doing these experiences. So I had to learn as well that I have to have my own system and it works for me and I can look at left and right and try to be neutral in, you know, um, yeah. and in reviewing them and so on, which is also not as easy because you have your own system and you like these tools and so on. Yeah. But you know that other people have other needs and other systems fit better to them. And that's really important to, that's what I try to live it's to deliver. It's true. And it might be the last thing that we say, but actually it's a really important point that you raised here. Because if we take your business as an example, mm. which is which is fantastic, and I and I know that this is what you're doing, and, and this is how you're 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 playing this out. Here you are, who is actually an expert in productivity tools, and you are basically saying, and I was saying that it's it's your job to basically sit there and play with all these shiny objects. However, when you've got your system in place as what the business is going to run, that should be a completely different level from what you sit there and review and play with and say, right, this is good yeah. for this person and it's good for that person. And those two distinctions there, even within a business that's all about playing with productivity tools, yeah. you have to have those two distinctions. Yeah, thank you. I love that. Tama, where Tom. do people find you if they want to find you? So you can find me on ceoentrepreneur.com. Um, that's the website. Uh, if you want to, there's a quiz there which will help you understand what your number one problem in it is in your business. Um, just go there and there will be a button for quiz. Please click on that. Uh, you can also find me on uh, YouTube uh, under the CEO Entrepreneur channel. And I'll look forward to seeing you there. Make sure to subscribe. It's really worth it. All right, Thanks, Tama. Tom. I hope we see us again on this show. Uh, it was really, again, an insightful conversation here. I loved it. And I, I love it that we are on the same wavelength here. I'm sure we have a lot more to discuss. And um, I hope to see you next time then. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it. See you next time. So this was really interesting, I think. I learned a lot again from Tama. He has such a wealth of experience and knowledge when it comes to building your business. So if you're an entrepreneur struggling, I really highly recommend check out his YouTube channel and you will already learn so much there or reach out to him directly. He's really an awesome guy. And I'm really looking forward to have another conversation soon with him on this channel. If you don't want to miss those interviews, make sure you subscribe to my podcast and share it with your friends and I'll catch you up next time.